Welcome back to the Jim Leach Show. Once a month, we check in with State Senator Doris Turner to get the lay of the land on things happening in the legislature. And not much happening in the legislature this week, thanks to Mother Nature and the uh, snowstorm that is headed our way. So that's where we begin this afternoon as we welcome Senator Turner back to the program. Senator, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you ready for snowmageddon? I have never been ready for snow, not even once in my <laughs> life since I was nine years old. And I guarantee you, I'm, I'm not ready for this. I guess the question is, is the state ready for it? We had the governor's news conference earlier today from the Emergency Operations Center. They're activating the National Guard. IDOT's got hundreds of uh, trucks ready to go here. How confident are you that we're ready to weather this storm from an official governmental standpoint? You know, I think we are. Um, you know, we have everything is always in place and ready to go, and it's just a matter of, you know, kickstarting it off. And I think I think we're ready to go. I'm I um I was excited to get back into the Capitol today, and then all of a sudden it was the rug was snatched right from under me. So I think we're ready. Well, and uh, again, the, the legislature canceling his sessions for this week. There was supposed to be a, a joint session of sorts tomorrow for the governor's budget speech. That's being modified a bit. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But let's talk about the fact that the legislature, which had not been in session in person for about a month, was supposed to get back down to business today. And now another week has been taken away because of the weather here. And you're on a shortened schedule as it is with, uh, I'm sure, at least a few things on everybody to-do list. Can you get this all done in the truncated schedule that you still have left? You know, I think so. We are still uh, doing committee work, and that was basically about what we would be doing now. We wouldn't be doing much um, in the chambers because we have to do the committee work first. So we're still doing committees virtually. I actually have um, two today, one at one thirty and another at 5.30, and then I think I have two or three tomorrow. So we're still doing the, the hard work that has to happen before we actually do uh, in-chamber work. So I think we're still on a good trajectory to meet all of our deadlines. Uh, and some of those deadlines are coming up pretty rapidly. Uh, and again, we'll talk a little bit more about some of those legislative priorities in just a moment. Uh, the governor is delivering his combined state of the state and budget speech tomorrow. Instead of being at the state house uh, before the House of Representatives with senators in the mix as well, it's now going to be for a small audience at the old state capitol. Uh, and uh, the governor is, though, going to stick to his script, which we already know includes proposals for some at least temporary tax relief in terms of a moratorium on the the uh, grocery sales tax, a suspension of a planned gasoline tax increase, and also uh, an expansion of property tax rebates for homeowners there. Senator, what do you think of the governor's ideas here? Uh, we're already hearing from some Republicans. They want to make these things permanent rather than temporary. On the other hand, you could argue that the state should be taking that billion dollars in tax relief and applying it to things like, say, for example, our unfunded pension liability. So where do you stand on all that? You know, um, I think that we, there's no doubt about it that Governor Prisker has done a yeoman's job of getting our state finances in uh, better order than what he found it. And so I think that what we're going to hear in the budget address tomorrow is, uh, of course, a a proposal for a balanced budget. And uh, the three things that I have heard that he's going to talk about in more detail, I think are all great. I think they're great for They're great for the state, but more importantly, they're great for uh, all of our local communities. The the one thing that we hear all the time without 
failure every year is that there needs to be some type of property tax relief. We hear that in every corner of the state. And while this is a one-time rebate, it is offering uh, something. And especially during a time when everyone is really kind of hurting businesses are, you know, coming out of COVID, people are, you know, still trying to rebound from, you know, the, the devastation that COVID has put on us the last year and a half. So I think that even though these um, three things that he talked about are temporary and one-time only, I think that they will be good for for the state. They'll be good for our communities, especially, you know, the um, sales tax, uh, you know, kind of rebate that's going to go back um, through local government, as well as to, um, you know, everyday citizens that are going to see a little bit more money in their um in their checking account. And I'll be more than happy about the um, issue with the uh, gas tax yeah, because but, I put many, many miles on my car. <laughs> well, same, but uh, <laughs> at the same time, uh, no one uh, can ignore the fact that it's an election year. So uh, the, the sudden largesse in uh, sending money back to taxpayers pretty conveniently timed. And, and I have to ask again, uh, while there's no question we're in better shape now than we were during the rounder years, we still got a ways to go. Wouldn't it be more responsible to apply that roughly billion dollars to paying down some of our debts, taking care care of some of that unfinished business rather than a, a few handouts here and there on an election year? But, you know, I, I, you know, I know that there's always some skepticism with anything that happens during a, uh, during a, a governor's or any elected official's term. And when it gets closer and closer to election time, then, you know, the skepticism gets even larger. But when you look at uh, the history of Governor Prisker's administration, it has always been about taking things slow and steady and doing and not moving too quickly on anything. And I think that that is still, you know, what he's looking at in, in the way that he's handling this. And I think that local government and um, everyday people will be really happy with, with what they will get back. And keep in mind, we still have, you know, there's still other items on the table that will have an opportunity to be addressed. And the other thing, too, we have to keep in mind, we don't know what that full budget address is going gonna, is gonna to be and what it's going to say. We just know that, you know, these things that have been kind of, you know, tipped out. So let's wait and see what we hear tomorrow. And then I'm more than happy to come back and talk to you about it in more detail. State Senator Doris Turner is here with us uh, also today, in the midst of everything else that's going on. The governor announced the state has uh, bought uh, roughly 10 acres of land in the Dirksen Business Park, just off of South Dirksen Parkway, where the state will eventually construct a centralized computer facility for the Department of Innovation and Technology, Do It, as it's known for short. Uh, and the governor specifically cited you and your involvement in this project. Tell us a bit about this, how it all came about uh, what is this facility going to replace and why will this be a, a good thing for the east side of Springfield? You know, I think this is a wonderful thing for the east side of Springfield and I am, I'm just so excited about it. As you know, I have spent, you know, my entire elected um, life trying to spur economic development and do everything that I can to enhance the quality of life uh, for the east side of Springfield. And this is a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. Um, but, you know, I have to say it's an opportunity for the east side of Springfield, but it's an opportunity for 
the entire city of Springfield because it is going to spur economic development up and down uh, the Durston Parkway corridor that will then spill off, I'm sure, onto Stevenson Drive, which is an area that I have really been trying to resurrect as well. If you look at, there's going to be, you know, hundreds of employees that are going to be coming to that building every day. So you can only imagine what that's going to mean for all of those other businesses up and down, up and down Dirksen. And, uh, you know, the other thing that you have to keep in mind with uh, previous administrations, we have seen like the gutting of state employees from Springfield and moving them, um, you know, to uh, uh, Chicago or either outsourcing their duties and responsibilities. And here you have a situation where, um, you know, there's real capital, real investment being made in the city of Springfield and more importantly on the east side of Springfield uh, with regard to state government. So I think it's, it's absolutely wonderful. The governor's press release says this replaces an outdated existing facility for the uh, department to do it. Uh, so are we just basically moving jobs from one part of Springfield to another? Are we going to see a net increase in jobs? How does that play out? You know, I think that what what you're probably going to see is, uh, you know, employees were in several different locations. So they will be all housed, um, you know, under under one roof, which is really good. And But, you know, the other thing that's happening is that we are seeing, you know, the expansion of technology and the way that uh, state, the state is using technology and technology infrastructure, uh, keeping pace as data technologies advance. So I think there is some opportunity for, uh, you know, for some um, space and, and uh, to grow. And I think, you know, grow not only uh, with regard to the, the the space, but also to grow with regard to the employees and, and what we're going to need as, as a state. Everything is becoming much more technolo- technological. And, um, you know, this will definitely give us an opportunity to keep pace with everything um, that, that's happening. Senator, some of your Republican colleagues in the Senate today renewed their call for a package of anti-crime legislation. It would include some mandatory minimum sentencing for various gun offenses. It uh, calls for more uh, funding, grants for uh, police, for training and equipment and things. And it calls for repealing the provision in last year's uh, policing reform legislation uh, that would end effectively the cash bail system in Illinois in 2023. Uh, And they continue to say that this uh, policing bill that was passed uh, last year by the General Assembly, and I think that might have passed right before you you entered the General Assembly, but they continue to call it an anti-policing bill and say it's leading to an exodus of cops uh, here in the state. What's your reaction to all of that? Is there anything you can support in that Republican crime package? And, and what do you say in response to their criticism of the, uh, the Democrat uh, policing bill? You know, um, that did pass right before I came into the legislature. But I will tell you that everybody, everybody wants a safe community. Everybody wants their police officers to go home safely every night. Everybody wants, um, you know, those that are out and about to go home safely every night. night. And and it's not a trade-off. It's it's not a trade-off. I think that, but we all want responsible policing, and I think um, you know there's there's a way to go to go about getting there. I think that unfortunately everything has become so politicized uh, 
that there's not even an opportunity to look at, review, read, and understand what's in the legislation. You know, we hear everyone talking about, um, you know, these terrible things are happening because of the Safety Act. 99% of what's in that legislation has not even gone into effect. So how does it have an effect on what's happening right now when the legislation hasn't even gone into effect? And Jim, you know that when I was on the Springfield City Council, I worked very closely with um, Chief Winslow and the Springfield uh, City Police Department to enact some, um, you know, some changes. And, and and some reforms, the way that the city of Springfield does policing. And everyone can agree, you know, when it first, that whole conversation first started, there was a lot of angst because people didn't know what was going on. But, you know, when we had an opportunity to work cooperatively with the police department co-op and, um, you know, really talk about how good this was going to be for the city, Everyone came along, and I think that most things that we passed passed unanimously. I think that that's just what needs to happen. People need to, you know, stop politicizing everything because the one thing that we don't want to politicize is our law enforcement. Um, it's a, you know, we need good police officers on our streets protecting and serving. And, you know, that's, those are the two words that everybody has to remember, protect and serve. And, um, you know, and it's a, and we all know that in order for uh, policing to be most effectively, it's done in partnership with the community. So I think we need to stop politicizing things and, um, you know, work together on uh, creating a safe environment. Senator Doris Turner, we are unfortunately out of time. A lot more we could talk to you about, but we'll get more opportunities soon. In the meantime, uh, stay safe, stay warm, be careful out there, and we will again talk soon. Thanks. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye.